What up, what up, NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the Stretch 4 NBA Podcast. Excited to bring to you another episode. Can't believe we're already four weeks in here. Uh, seems like we just got started, so I just want to give a special shout-out to Underdog Podcast for hosting us. It's been a great ride thus far. Continue to like our content, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And want to give a special shout-out also to our sponsor, Fanshore, an analytics-as-a-service company for sports betting stakeholders. So if you guys are interested in sports betting, uh, particularly player props, head to Fanshore.com. They have some really cool, insightful, contextually relevant betting trends that could potentially win you some money. So let's get into today's segment. Uh, Going to start off with just everything that happened in week nine. Going to introduce a new segment we call Ask the Experts, where we'll run down some questions that could help possibly solve some of the questions and, and decisions that you have to make for your fancy roster in week 10 and going forward, as well as, you know, our usual buys, sells, and weekly waiver wire ads. And we'll close out the segment today with another question out of Bernsey's mailbag. So let's get into it, man. Um, just want to start off the conversation. Huge milestone for the NBA and for one King James. He is now officially third on the all-time scoring list. Huge Huge momentous occasion for him. He's now a member of the the distinguished thirty five thousand point club. I mean, it's just the guy's gonna have every record when it's all said and done. What it's what it seems like. I mean, he's just thirty six years old, no signs of slowing down, and with AD going down, like the man's gonna carry the Lakers once again to a playoff spot, hopefully a high seed. And you know, I think it's great that he's once again a part of the MVP conversation because it's well deserved. And, you know, this guy just continues to just amaze, amaze us, you know, so we got to give him his flowers wide due, man. He's, he's climbing the list, playing great basketball, truly, truly the king, man. Nothing more you can say off of that. But uh, yeah, Bernsey, what's your thoughts? All I got to say about LeBron is uh, he did have a good week. He joined the 35,000 point club, but he did not beat the Miami Heat on Saturday night. And that's my only takeaway as a Heat fan for LeBron James this week. We can move on to Lillard now. <laughs> Yo, man, uh, if we're talking Dame, we got to talk about MVP conversation, right? I know we've talked about Embiid. We've talked about, uh, you know, we've talked about LeBron. We've talked about other guys that are firmly in this MVP race. But, I mean, come on, man, take Dame off of Portland, and, and what is this team going to be doing? Uh, they lost to Washington last night, but before that, they were on a six-game win streak. He was averaging 33, uh, 9, and 4. All, I, I mean, almost a, a double-double every single night. I think he had 16 assists in one game this week. So he, he's been absolutely out of his mind, uh, coming in clutch in the second half every night. Um, so for me, uh, he's my front runner for MVP right now. Um, and, you know, it goes without saying that he's, you know, absolutely one of the best in, in fantasy basketball as well. Yeah, Zach, I was getting ready to call uh, Damian Lillard my MVP until they lost to the Washington Wizards last night. Ooh. But even, even still, right? They're six and one in the last seven games. In his last four games, Damian Lillard's averaging 35 points and 12 assists per game. He's putting up like 25, 26, 27 shots a night. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers are the fifth in the fifth seed in the Western Conference right now. They would not be there without Dame. He's the only reason that they're in the playoff contention. So he's absolutely in the MVP conversation with guys like Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, even. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Dame has been. 
Dame has been uh, on a tear this season. Uh, I agree with with all your takes. I think I tweeted out like two weeks ago something about how um, Damian Lillard, he definitely deserves to be in the MVP conversation. I think it was after one of his big 40-point, 10-plus assist games he had. Um, he's been incredible. He's been, honestly, as a Heat fan, ever since Dwayne Wade retired, Damian Lillard has been my favorite player. I even went and copped a pair of his shoes uh, just because I, I love Damian Lillard. So got got to support the homie. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. He's, he's in the MVP conversation. And honestly, last night's loss to, uh, the wizards, it doesn't change that for me. Uh, he had a rough first half, rough shooting game, 23 points in the third quarter, did all he could. Uh, and, and to your point, Zach, if, if CJ McCollum's not on that team, uh, they're probably a lottery team to be honest with you. That's facts. So news came out late yesterday that DeMarcus cousins wants out of Houston. What are the implications there? I mean, I mean, Christian Wood's still off the uh, – he's still on the injured list right now, but, you know, obviously he's going to be the man to 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 handle the front court from now on. But what – like, I mean, we got some awesome opportunities for the Houston Rockets. Who are some of the guys you guys like to, to fill that void if Boogie actually is on the move? Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, – I'm looking at a lot of guys on the Rockets, especially because they're not in playoff contention. doesn't look like they're going to be in playoff contention this season. Christian Wood's out for a while. Did you know the Rockets are 0-7 since Christian Wood went down with his ankle injury? So, you know, the Rockets are a team that they've got a lot of guys who need to step up and who have stepped up so far. So you're looking at guys like Jay Sean Tate, who's been incredible, rookie out of Ohio State, undrafted. David Nwaba, I tweeted the other day that David Nwaba could be the Rockets' starting center. He's 6'5", 219 pounds. They don't have another guy that's over 6'6", that could come in and legitimately play starter minutes at the center position guys they have coming off the bench are like Ray Spalding. I don't think anyone's ever heard of Ray Spalding. <laughs> so you're looking at, you're looking at Jay Sean Tate. You're looking at David Nwaba. You're looking at Sterling Brown, some guys that can definitely fill up the statute, especially if Oladipo and John Wall continue to miss games, you know, every third game or so. Uh, yeah. Burns, what do you think, man? Yeah, no, uh, um, I agree with you. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins, his departure from Houston is going to open up a lot of uh, opportunity for some some other players. I do want to note, though, I, I read something yesterday. I'm not sure where it is. Uh, I'm going to try and find it while we're while we're talking here. Uh, but it did say DeMarcus Cousins, uh, he does plan to play and start uh, until he is out of Houston. So it's not like it's going to be a, a Blake Griffin situation where, you know, he's working on a trade with the team and he's just going to sit or, or an Andre Drummond. So he's going to play. So because of that, I, I don't know if David Nawaba will really have to have minutes at center, especially because Christian Wood's almost back. And I think it might just overlap where Wood comes back and, and then Cousins is traded and there's really not a huge window for guys to, to produce. Um, but, but to your point, um, Jay Sean Tate, uh, guys like him, guys like David Nawaba, and, and I think Ray Spalding had an Achilles injury uh, earlier this week, so I don't even know if he's going to be available for the rest of the season it looked pretty bad but Jay Sean Tate David Nawaba uh, maybe even Isaiah Hartenstein I'm skeptical of him I don't think he's a must-add I don't think he's somebody that you really even need to, to monitor to be honest with you uh, but all those guys though they're young Daniel House you could throw him to the mix um, I think those guys are all going to see increased opportunity with with Houston looking to go young and rebuild for the future and, and if you think about Boogie right he's probably going to join a team that is that that needs a big man and needs somebody to play some center minutes, right? So Lakers. you're looking at you're looking at t- right you're looking at t- a team like the Lakers who's got Marcus Saul there. Marcus Saul is a shell of himself. So if Boogie yeah. goes to the Lakers, man, LeBron LeBron will know how to get him the rock. 
I think I think Boogie's fantasy value is on the rise probably if he gets tr- if he gets moved to a team like the Lakers. Yeah, I mean even if he goes to Toronto who's also doesn't really have a, a good front court and then you also have Boston potentially who's been pretty much non-existent in terms of front court play. So, I don't know, there he's got some options. I think he's definitely going to find some suitors in that buyout market or the trade market. I saw a note I saw a note from a from a beat writer in Toronto. I think it was Josh Lewenberg who said for all those people that think Boogie's going to go to Toronto, the Raptors lost Marcus All and Serge Ibaka last season, and they decided to just roll with uh, Alex Len and Chris Boucher. So to think that the Raptors are all of a sudden going to go after Demarcus Cousins, who has helped the Rockets to an zero and seven record over the last seven games, is probably unlikely. I think he probably joins a team like the Lakers or the Celtics before he joins the Raptors. But has he really helped the Rockets? go 0 and 7. I mean, that's been the most frustrating thing uh to me with Boogie is he just doesn't play. I know when they played the the Sixers, they needed some help on Embiid, so he played 37 minutes. Uh that was the most he's played. Earlier in the season when Christian would miss time, I, you know, he averaged 33 minutes a game over a stretch of like 4 or 5 games. But this time it's been a lot different. He's, you know, 20 minutes and and even in a game with Ray Spalding, I think it was Monday. Uh Monday of this past week, Ray Spalding hurts his Achilles, has to be walked off the court and Cousins only sees like 20 minutes. And he was really efficient in 20 minutes. I know, Koffler, you were upset about that because you recommended him on DFS. And he, he played really good. He just didn't get any playing time. So, But I, I agree that wherever he goes, it's probably going to be an increase of value for him. Yeah, next guy I want to talk about, going back to Burnsy, the walking triple-double, Jimmy Butler. This guy's put up a triple-double in four of his last six games. So... You know, what do we think about, I mean, the Heat haven't been playing particularly well, even though they got that win over the Lakers. I mean, has Jimmy turned the corner since since returned to the lineup? Is this the guy that, you know, is it too late to to try to buy on Jimmy Butler? I mean, he's playing outside of his mind right now. Yeah, I think Butler, um, when he was out with COVID for a, a long stretch of time, I, I tweeted, I said, you know, Jimmy Butler, he's, he's somebody that you should be looking to buy low. He's just that old school mentality, kind of, I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan, so do not twist my words at all. Um, he has that same mentality that the old school vets had where it was like team struggling, get out of the way, give me the ball. I will put the ball in the basket or I will make something happen. And so I think he has a little bit of that urgency with the heat really playing poorly over the last two weeks or so. So that's where you're getting his triple doubles from. His production has been unbelievable. I think the window, um, is probably closed to buy low on him now. Um, but honestly, even if I have him, I'm not even looking to sell him. Um, no. I just I love having him on my team. He plays hard. He's going to be out there if he's healthy. And I think the Heat, obviously, in the position they're in, where they have to win, they have to win to make the playoffs. Um, I think he's going to continue giving 110. percent He'll be out there even even on back to backs. So I'm right. in on Butler. Hey Burns, as our as our resident Heat uh, Heat fanatic, can you tell me why Tyler Hero played 13 minutes last night? Did he get hurt? Yeah, he got hurt at halftime. He had a hit pointer, okay. and so he missed the second half. He's going to be reevaluated tomorrow. So yeah. He'll be all right. Cool. And so switching gears, let's talk about Anthony Edwards a little bit. I mean, he had the dunk of the year where he pretty much baptized. <laughs> I mean, this this was crazy. So, but uh, over, I guess more notably about that, that was like Anthony Edwards' highlight of the week. But his play didn't really, you know, match what what all the hype was about, right? So I know I I was definitely a stand of him as a waiver wire pickup with news that D'Angelo Russell went down, but. Do we have faith in the in the uh, the number one overall pick of twenty twenty draft, or is it just a bad week? 
you know, it's it's a bad week. At the same time, D'Angelo Russell's now out, uh, having knee surgery for the next four to six weeks. So Anthony Edwards' minutes are going to be there. His efficiency is terrible. Uh, right. Dan, like you said, he's shooting 6 of 29 from the field and 0 for 11 from beyond the arc in his last two games. Yeah. Uh, he's just a 38% field goal shooter on the season. Again, the you know he's better in points leagues than he is in uh, nine cat league because he's going to hurt you in those uh, in, the, in the field goal percentage and the turnover categories and really doesn't do a whole lot outside of scoring, especially with Carl Anthony Towns back in the lineup. A guy I like there in Minnesota is uh, Jordan McLaughlin, and I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. He's a he's a guy that's kind of you know under the radar there in Minnesota, going to get you some uh, assistance steals, but we'll uh, we'll touch on him a little bit later. Wanted to talk about Zion Zion Williamson and how he's just been improving his play. I know Adam's going to probably be eating a little bit of crow because uh, early in the season he wasn't a big fan, but I know he's coming around. But then also Lonzo Ball has just been a three-point assassin as of late. So both kind of surprising uh, upswings in midseason. But what are you guys' thoughts on, on Zion and, and Lonzo's play? Dude, Lonzo Ball, man, I know we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but... Lonzo Ball is becoming a sniper in the month of February from from three-point distance, and I haven't seen too many people talk about it. I mean, the dude's shooting 47% from three this month. He's shooting just over uh, eight attempts a game, um, and he's been you know, contributing solid numbers in, in many different categories. Um, he's become a nice player in category leagues. I don't think him shooting just under 50% from downtown is sustainable or realistic at all. But I think if Lonzo Ball can, can hover somewhere around 40, 42% from three, um, you're looking at a guy whose value is, is on the rise. So it's just crazy. I don't, I don't know why no more people aren't talking about his uh, improved three-point stroke. Yeah, it's crazy. He's, he's made four three-point attempts a game for the last 10, over the last 10, which is like absurd, right? Like, yeah, that's like, those are like Curry numbers. And it's like Lonzo Ball, like he's not a good shooter. So it's just very, it's very interesting to see him take that next step in his game to improve that jump shot. You yeah. guys know what? LaMelo came into the league and Lonzo's like, man, I can't have my brother outshine me. So <laughs> it Lonzo must be just, that. Lonzo started just yeah. chucking him and just you know, getting lucky, man. Closing his eyes, putting up that ugly ass three ball. So I had a I had a hot take early in the season that Julius Randle would end up being a better value than Zion Williamson, and everyone freaked out. And the reason I said this was because Zion, while a great player, doesn't add uh, value in a couple different categories in nine cat leagues. The assist numbers were you know, two assists per game last season. The free throw percentage was like sixty four percent. This season, he started to transform and become more of an overall uh, well rounded player. He's now shooting 72% from the free throw line, again, compared to 64% last season. He's averaging over three assists per game when he was just a two assists per game last season. And he's picked it up, picked up the intensity on the defensive end of the floor, averaging 1.7 steals and blocks per game compared to just 1.1 a season ago. So he's, he's really taken the reins there in, in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans scores a lot of points. Uh, they got a lot of fantasy value on that team between Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, and yours truly, Guillermo Willie Hernan Gomez, <laughs> who, uh, for some reason, Yahoo Sports does, uh, refuses to count his stats because they can't get his name right. Um, but <laughs> but he's, a, I mean, he's a big-time waiver-wire ad if Steven Adams stays, uh, stays uh, on the sidelines, uh, which I'm not sure how long he's out for, but yeah. even... Uh, even if Steven Adams comes back in the lineup, uh, Hernan Gomez has 
surpass Jackson Hayes as the backup center there. He can his uh, production per minute is is sky high. Who's the best waiver wire pickup so far of the year? Is it Juan T or is it Willie Hernan Gomez? <laughs> Honestly, the best. That's that's a great question. Honestly, I mean both of those guys. I mean, all joking aside, like that's a great question to ask. So far, if if Delon Wright is is healthy from this groin injury he sustained recently, he might have to be the ad of the year so far. What do you guys think? Yeah, Delon Wright has done a great job contributing in every category. Um, He's been super solid, but but one thing I, I will say about Willie uh, Guillermo Willie Hernan Gomez before we turn the corner is uh, this guy is someone like Ennis Cantor. He reminds me of Ennis Cantor type production. Is something you'll get from him if Stephen Adams um, is forced to miss any time. The thing with Stephen Adams is I think he was uh, he he sprained his ankle or something, and I think he is questionable for Sunday's game. And he didn't practice Saturday, so he's probably more on the doubtful side. Um, but New Orleans only plays three games. So I'm really asking this question for myself, but I'm sure it'll help people listening. Um, with with New Orleans only playing three games, Steven Adams looking like it's not going to be a long-term injury. Um, is is Guillermo Willie Hernan Gomez really worth an ad if Adams is in the lineup? I'd say no. Nope. But the, the question is, like, how long is Adams going to be out? Like, I mean, it's an ankle injury, right? So big man and feet doesn't usually go very well. Um, yeah. I think it's questionable for tonight. So. Yeah. And I mean, Adams it could be a been... short-term ad, much like the, the yeah. Wanty of the Wanty flavor. Exactly. And Adams has been injury-prone this season. I mean, he's been hurt. I feel like yeah. every three games or so, he pops up on the injury port or he leaves to go to the locker room and then comes back. So, you know, this is somebody you 100% need to keep an eye on. Um, but, like, I'm not dropping uh, any of the Spurs guys for him. Like, I don't want to drop Jakob uh, 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 Pertle for him. I'm not dropping Derek White for him. I'm not dropping any of the Spurs guys to pick up Willie Hurd and Gomez for three games, especially when Steven Adams could come back. Yeah, I just want to challenge that waiver pickup of the year. For me, it's got to be Thaddeus Young. Oh, wow. uh, and I think I really feel like the Bulls are going to keep him locked in, man. Like they play better when he's on the floor. Yeah. He's like their new point forward. Really seeing his, just him turn the corner in terms of being a value add. Like, I mean, he's gotten triple – he's has triple-double potential, and I don't, I don't think you can really get that off of waivers very often. So um, that that's my guy for now because I think he's going to stick in the lineup. Yeah. And the Bulls are only a half game out of the, the AC of the Eastern Conference too. Which is absurd. <laughs> to Dan Titus' to Dan Titus's New York Knicks who are going to make the playoffs this season, if you remember last week. Bro, they're the, dude, they're the sixth seed right now. You're you going to come at me with it? You can keep that spicy take because it's looking, it's looking nice. No, Derek Rose is really putting that, uh, putting that team on his back, man. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about uh, – because I, I was glancing at the box scores yesterday. I noticed uh, Thaddeus Young, as Wendell Carter uh, comes back in the lineup and, and starts seeing more minutes – it actually will affect Thaddeus Young's playing time. I'm with you. I don't think the Bulls can afford to take him off the floor. I think he needs to be a staple of that rotation. He's been awesome. And we've talked about him plenty on this show. I saw he played 22 minutes last night. I think it was 22 minutes. So if he starts going down to to 20, 22, I mean, he was efficient last night. I think he scored 18 points, but I'm not expecting him to be super consistent on the peripherals if he's only getting 20 you know 22 minutes 23 minutes a game going forward which would be let's, awful if, if that's, that's a good point what happens let's not forget whose team this really is though the, the chicago bulls live and die yes. by zach levine yeah 100 percent. he hasn't scored less than 30 points in his last four games <laughs> so i mean is he has he moved up into the where, where do you got where are you guys ranking him now i mean 
I think he's I know Adam, you were a big Malcolm Brogdon dude early on, man, but I think he's he's surpassed him. He's yeah, Zach Levine up into, what top top twenty top top fifteen? Oh, dude, top Zach, Zach Levine might be top ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's efficient. That was always the knock on him is he he was he'd always put up a lot of points. He'd shoot a lot of shots, and he was just inefficient. Uh, this season, I mean, he's he's great. He's efficient. All of his numbers are really good. Um, he's been an insane value. I think I got him in the fourth or fifth round of a, of a, one of my leagues this season. And and to Adam's point, he's easily top twenty. I have him inside my top fifteen, but you could easily make the case that he's top ten. Guys, he's almost as good as Terry Rozier. I mean, he's, <laughs> almost. He's shooting. He, <laughs> he's shooting forty three percent from downtown. Just Dude, you know, a, a percentage point less a, than Terry Rozier. He's on the cusp of fifty, forty, ninety, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's definitely attainable for Zach Levine, which is a, amazing for uh, his career right now, man. Definitely bona fide all star. Happy to see it. Speaking yes. of speaking of uh, ninety, and then did, did you guys know that Chris Paul is shooting ninety eight percent from the free throw line this season? <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. His averages show that he's shooting like two point six, making two point six per game and attempting two point six per game. That's how good he's been from the free throw line. Yeah, anyway, yeah. speaking of Chris Paul, I'd rather have Chris Paul on my fantasy team than Devin Booker. What do you guys think about that? I think Chris Paul is playing really well, man. Like I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's an unfair take. You know, it's not it's not super spicy, but like, uh, you know, Booker to your point is really just the offensive engine, or at least the the score, I should say, for the for the Sun. So when you put Paul in there, he's definitely going to cap his upside a little bit. So as long as Paul's playing. You know, Devin's not going to give you the peripherals that he's that he does when he's off the court. So, and from fair. a fantasy from a fantasy basketball perspective, I feel like I can make up points and three pointers more than I can make up yeah. categories like assists and steals, and yeah. and look at turnovers too. Devin Booker averages okay. four turnovers a game. Chris Paul is only at two point five. So there's yeah, the, there's the turnovers there's, have been crucial for Booker's uh, Booker's production. Man, it's been that's really been bringing him down in category leagues for much sure. Like Russell Westbrook. Would you? Would I trade Booker for Chris Paul straight up? Probably not. I mean, I don't. I don't see myself. Kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see know. myself I doing wouldn't. that. But based on where both were drafted, I could. You could easily make the case Chris Paul is a better value this season than Devin Booker has played right. better, been a better fantasy asset, especially in category leagues. But and I want to bring up something Adam said uh, earlier this week was actually super brilliant. We we give Devin Booker and we have on this show a ton of crap. For, you know, oh, Chris Paul effect, pace is slow, they're not playing super fast, it's, you know, Chris Paul's ball dominant, that kind of stuff. You could make the exact same case with with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley when he's in the lineup. And I know Adam brought that up, so I want to give credit to Adam. And you have, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, but if you look at the stats for Donovan Mitchell when Conley's in the lineup versus out of the lineup, it's pretty identical, the effect that it has with Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul on the court at the same time have. So, that's interesting. I don't know if Adam has anything he wants to add to that. Uh, if you have the stats in front of you, but uh, we got to start talking about that effect too. Yeah. So I've got the stats in front of me here. So there was a little bit of an anomaly last game when Mike Conley came back. He was on a minutes limit, so Donovan Mitchell still kind of exploded in that game. Um, but in uh, in the games, and I think it was six games without Mitchell. Uh, you know, point guard Don or six games without Conley, point guard Donovan Mitchell went for twenty seven point two points a game, taking twenty two shots seven assists in 35 minutes with Mike Conley in the lineup. The numbers are only 23 points, 18 shots a game, 4.6 assists in 33 minutes. So he's, his usage, you know, 
Burns is a big usage guy. His usage is sky high with Conley off the court. Um, when Conley plays, he's much more uh, much more shooting guard, sort of like Devin Booker is with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wanted to bring up one more thing with Mike Conley being back in the lineup. So Joe Ingles was a hot pickup, and Joe Ingles had been cooking with Mike Conley off the floor. And somebody asked me on Twitter the other day and said, "Is is Joe Ingles now a drop?" And I thought thought about this for a second. And Joe Ingles is fifty percent owned in Yahoo leagues, and, and for that reason, you might think like, "Oh man, I can't drop this guy. He's fifty percent owned. He's probably just he's probably just had a bad game. He's going to turn the corner." You know, don't get married to guys in situations that are going to be temporary, especially when another guy comes back like Mike Conley. He puts puts Joe Ingles on the bench. Joe Ingles only played 22 minutes in Mike Conley's return, and that was with Mike Conley on a minutes limit. He only went for five points in that game. Joe Ingles did. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm ready to drop a guy like Joe Ingles and pick up a guy, you know, like Jay Sean Tate, for example. Mm-hmm. To add to that, dude, I think that's an excellent point. Is that I, I think we take into account name value and, like you said, temporary and not temporary situations for waiver ads and roster construction. Um, I also would add to that to consider your situation because, you know, not all ads and drops are created equal, right? So if I'm in a 14-team competitive league, Ingles is is staying on my team all year because chances are, who am I picking up off the waiver that's going to be better than him? Um, You know, I can stash him on my bench. I can play him sometimes. I can throw him in for those temporary situations. Um, But, yeah, if you're in a shallower league or if you're maybe in a 10- or 12-team league and you got somebody better on the waiver wire, you're fighting for a win – absolutely he can be dropped. Um, so I think it's it's situational as well. But great point, man. So with the same energy that you were giving to selling Booker, Adam, why are you not saying sell Donovan Mitchell? With with the return of Conley, of course. No, that's 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 a that's a fair point. And and I thought about I thought about having that as kind of a hot take just because how hot Donovan Mitchell's been over the last you know, week or two, but I think Donovan Mitchell was, was coming into his own even before Mike Conley went out with his injury. So I've got, I've got more, I've got higher hopes for Donovan Mitchell's ceiling than I do for Devin Booker's ceiling. And I think that's why. It's fair. So one last guy I just want to talk about for the weekly recap, who's kind of gone under the radar, mainly because he struggled so bad through the first couple months of the season is Kelly Oubre. I mean, he's been shooting, uh, spectacularly well over the last like three games. I mean, over the last, the course of the last month, to be honest, over February, he's become the best three point shooter for the Warriors. And over the last three, just for, for sake of it, uh, he's averaging almost 25 points a game, seven boards, three steals in 39 minutes. So, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, earlier on in the season, a lot of people probably, I mean, he might've been on your waiver wires. He was playing that bad. And and for him to take this new turn mid season, he's a guy that's providing the value that we all expected it early on in the season. So the, the, the buy window might be closing or it's probably closed shut, but just wanted to bring up Kelly Oubre's great play as of late. Yeah. Dan, somebody on Twitter told me that they, that a guy in the league dropped Kelly Oubre when he was struggling early in the season. And I said, Man, you really don't understand talent plus situation. Kelly Oubre, you know, had has all the talent in the world. You saw that last season in Phoenix when he sort of came on, and uh, you know, he had a, a starting spot with the Warriors with Clay Thompson going down. You knew this guy was gonna gonna find a rhythm with Golden State. He's he's played 
with those stats the last few games, he's played 39 minutes per game. And he's only turned the ball over 0.7 times per game. So the the uh, the production's up, the percentages are up. He's actually a high percentage shooter for his for his career. So those percentages are sort of normalizing. I I love Kelly Oubre there in, in Golden State. He's really become the second option behind Steph Curry. Yeah, Oubre Oubre's been nice. Um, I don't know why anybody would would drop him. Um, if you looked at the beginning of the season, his numbers. If you just you know. Uh, put them to or regress them to the mean or, or what his career averages are. He's still a serviceable fantasy option with tons of upside to your point. Uh, before we move um, on to the next segment, there's just one person I want to hit uh, or maybe kind of two, but on the same exact team uh, looking at the Kings as if we haven't talked about them enough. Uh, something I noticed is De'Aaron Fox uh, has really sucked this week. And it's interesting because I know last weekend, he was a late scratch at one of their games uh, with a left knee contusion. Apparently he suffered it in practice last Thursday. And then he, he only missed one game and then comes back and he only averages 18.2 points and nine assists per game. He shot 16% from three this week, which is just absolutely terrible. I know he's not been a big three point guy for his career, but this is something if I'm a deer and Fox, if I have him on my roster, I'm monitoring his status over the next couple of days because I don't think it's a coincidence that Corey Joseph has been getting a, a bump in playing time for the Kings. I think De'Aaron Fox might not be healthy. And if he's not healthy and if his play this week you know, continues on and it's because of his lack of health, I'm looking to sell De'Aaron Fox because I don't want somebody that has a lingering knee issue who's putting up this kind of numbers, especially in category leagues where he's going to absolutely hurt me in three points. Um, so I just wanted to put that, I don't know if you guys have a, a take on that or, or feel a certain way. And then I want to bring up Marvin Bagley real quick before we move on. Do you guys have a take on Fox? Interestingly enough, De'Aaron Fox, I was thinking about buying him low after this, this week that he struggled. And I think Corey Joseph's been getting minutes based on the matchup. So, uh, Corey, Corey Joseph has been playing 28 minutes per game, but the night they played the heat, Corey Joseph went to the bench and Nemanja Bielitsa hopped in the starting lineup to defend uh, Kelly Olynyk and Bam Adebayo, and then the the other night when they played the Bulls, who were a little bit shorter, uh, they went with Corey Joseph in the starting lineup. So I think it has more to do with the the matchups than it does with Darren Fox's knee injury and in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Fox is a guy who can go for thirty points and ten assists any given night. He's he's the yeah. really the heartbeat of that Kings team. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, I would I would look to buy low on Darren Fox after the the struggling week this week. Yeah, and to, to that point, I don't know if I'm looking to buy or sell him, but uh, I definitely don't think I'll be selling him, uh, especially with these recent struggles, because I don't think you're going to be able to get back uh, fair value for him right now. So for mm-hmm. me, he's he's more of a hold. I, I, I don't necessarily like the buy or the sell. Yeah, maybe it's more of just a monitor to see. You know, the Kings, obviously, they're, they're I think they've lost uh, a ton of games in a row. I, I think it might be like something like seven. Right. Uh, you can fact check me on that. But they've just thrown a, a huge losing streak. And and obviously trying to make the playoffs, trying to squeeze in, their, that's not realistic for them. So so who knows what the future looks like for De'Aaron Fox? I have him in in most of my leagues. I I love him. He's been awesome this season. Um, but that's just something to monitor is his knee issue. Uh, one more thing, Marvin Bagley. I know Zach will agree with me on this. I had a really good week. A bunch of guys have been out for Sacramento. I'm personally I'm going to sell him high right now while he's his value is at an all time high. He just doesn't play 30 minutes a game. I mean he's played 30 plus minutes four times this season. And that's even considering Nemanja Bielitsa, Rashawn Holmes have been out of the lineup at different times. So, yeah, Marvin Bagley had a great week. 
I just I don't understand why he's not getting playing time. He's he's 21 years old on a bad team. He should be getting 35 minutes a night. And if that was the case, you know, he'd be a great value. But uh, I think I'm going to sell him. He had a big double double last night. Uh, I know Zach would back me up on this one. Yeah, brother, I'm I'm completely with you here um, for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, you know, they're dealing with injuries. Rashawn Holmes has been out. Uh, we even saw Hassan Whiteside start last night. I mean, you think he played 15 or 16 minutes? So that's something that's uh, that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. But yeah, they've been having other guys step up, like you said. Bealitz has been huge. If it's me at this point. I'd rather have Bealitza on my team, and I don't know if that's a that's a hot take or not, but I'd rather have him than Bagley. Um, neither play, you know, put you up a whole ton of defensive stats. Uh, Bealitza, you know, Bagley had a big scoring game last night, but Bealitza is more of the, um, you know, high upside scoring play. Uh, they both get uh, right around the same number of rebounds, and Bealitza can actually facilitate a little bit. Uh, Bagley, I, I think, averages fewer than one assist per game or right around one assist per game. So, uh, and he's not a great shooter. Like you said, he's not on the floor as much as you would expect. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm selling Bagley as high as I can right now. I'm doubling down on that take from last week, dude. I'm, I, I don't want Bagley on my team. Yeah. Now, now hand, hand shoe, that's not, Bealitza over Bagley's not your real hot take. Tell me, tell me about your real hot take and what you're doing with Jamal Murray. Dude, I, I'm selling Jamal Murray. So, you know, we all know over the last what has it been, four games, I think he's averaged, you know, close to 33 points a game. Um, He's picked up his rebounding. He's picked up his assists. You know, prior to that, he was averaging right around 18 points a game. The peripherals were decent. Um, To me, man, Murray is, uh, this is kind of, I kind of draw the comparison to Donovan Mitchell that we were talking about earlier. They're both young guards. They're both, you know, we saw him go at it in the bubble last year. They're both capable of these, you know, huge scoring outputs. Um, but Mitchell is a guy that year after year is consistent. You know, he's, he's 20 to 25 points, uh, four rebounds, four assists, you know, a steal a game, and, and just very consistent, and, and you know what you're going to get. Murray is hot and cold, man, and he's been like that uh, consistently throughout the year. He gives you big games. He gives you uh, – he gives you really disappointing games, and this is just another one of those hot streaks that he's on. Um, you know, he did this in the bubble. He's capable of doing it all the time, but if you want a guy for consistency, uh, you know what you're going to get every night. Murray's not your guy. He is, um, you know, he's up and down, and I'll definitely sell him while he's on the upswing right now and get as much as I can. Love it. Love it. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Going to go a quick fire round with uh, Ask the Expert. So. Is Steven Adams a drop in 12-team leagues? No. Nope. And then R.J. Barrett, seen his minutes decrease since the arrival of Derrick Rose, and it seems like Tom Thibodeau's really expanded his rotation. What are our thoughts on R.J. Barrett? Is he really falling out of favor in New York? And is his value really only in points leagues now? I think so. He's a he's a 42% shooter from the field. Um six rebounds, three assists per game, turns the ball over kind of a lot. Uh, his minutes are definitely down since Derrick Rose has, has joined the team. He's only actually played more than 30 minutes in his last, once in his last six games. So for me, you know, maybe look to sell him off of a, a really good game or two. Uh, just, just not a guy I'm excited about anymore with Derrick Rose in the picture. I, I would agree. The Knicks are pretty good this year, like we were just talking about earlier. So 
Wait, is that a compliment to the Knicks? <laughs> Are you jumping Kinda. on the bandwagon, Bird? I mean, All don't right. get ahead. All don't right. get ahead of yourself. We beat you guys two times two weeks ago. <laughs> um, oh, I'm I not will... a Knicks fan, but I, I'm just riding with them to the playoffs. Oh. Just gotta get my hot take right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but I, I will say they're good this year. Um, if, it, if they were really bad, like in, in every year's past, then yeah, I think Barrett would, would be more of a focal point where they want to get him experience. Um, but now nah, he's, he's, he's someone I don't want on my team, especially in category leagues. I'm looking to get rid of him. Agree. So Kyle Anderson, while boring, how, what do we like about his efficiency? Kyle Anderson's a beast. Yeah. He's a guy, he's a guy nobody talks about, but he puts up. 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, gets you the defensive stats. He's a staple in the Memphis starting lineup. He's so good that the Grizzlies gave him a night off the other night. So only the best players get rest. <laughs> only the best players get rest. Kyle Anderson is now in that distinguished group of guys that get rest. Yeah. You don't so see Al- so like Al Horford is now like elite because he gets to rest because he's Al- an old man. Al Horford's Al Horford's a good fantasy asset, no? No, Al Horford's just old. Yeah, he is. That's why he gets rest. Al Horford's just old. Kyle Kyle Anderson plays like a 50-year-old, but he's good. He's He's slow-mo, man. He's that guy at the gym. Dude, you walk into the gym, and you're like, this dude dude can't be good. And then he just drops buckets on you. But they're all hook shots, though. Is that that Koffler? Is that what what you're alluding to? That's like like me. I used to be the last last pick when when guys would pick up teams and then i'd you know I, hit them with the crossover go with go with the left-handed layup and they'd be like oh damn <laughs> coffler has been I, a little I, cocky ever since he posted that picture on twitter of him mossing some dude in a flag football game <laughs> can't dump though everybody's over yeah. here everybody's saying aj brown dynasty not dynasty wide receiver one they, they forgot about me yeah. a coffler 89 son you already you know two-time ping, ping pong champion no, I can attest he's got game though. Um, Appreciate you, but no. So, so uh, Norman Powell, man, super polarizing pickup. Like he was cooking, and you know now, you know with Kyle Lowry, uh, it looks like he's going to be missing tonight's contest. Um, he's been getting increased minutes, and with OG Ananubi out of there, but now that he's back, what do we do with Norman Powell? We're holding Keep him, him, man. Um, yeah, you, you got to hold him, dude. Uh, you know, 60 points over his last two games, but on the season, still career-high 17.3 points this year. Um, he gets you, you know, over a steal a game. He's dropping, I think, two and a half triples a game, solid shooting. You, you got to hang on to him, man. Uh, I don't think he's going to take a huge dip in production once these guys come back. He's uh, he's just having a career year. He's a walking bucket. I was watching that yeah. game the other night. He's a walking bucket. He just pulls up and hits it. His efficiency is incredible from three. So yeah. he's a guy. He's a guy I love watching. And I think his confidence is sky high right now on that team. Yeah, I'm keeping him. All right. And one last one last question. Who are you eyeing? Like, who's your top waiver pickup? Who are you trade who's your top trade target? Uh just go one by one. Give me give me just give me a name. Jay Sean Tate's an amazing waiver wire ad. Uh, someone I'm looking to to buy low. I know we talked a little bit pre-pod. Uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, seen, I think he's scored under 20 points in four straight games. Uh, Terry Roger has been absolutely amazing and has dominated the headlines there. Don't forget that Gordon Hayward was top 25 fantasy asset, top 20 fantasy asset uh, before he suffered a little bit of an injury last week. So, Or I think it was right before Valentine's Day. Uh, sometime around then, but that's somebody I'm looking to buy, and then I would agree with Adam. Jay Sean Tate uh, is somebody I'm definitely looking to scoop up. Kendrick Nunn too, forty percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Uh, he's been awesome with Dragic out of the lineup. 
Zach, what you got? Yeah, man. So uh, I agree with Jay Sean Tate. I uh, love that pickup. Uh, if we're looking at guys, uh, you know, that are under 50% owned, I think we've kind of gone through a, a whole bunch of these guys already. Uh, but if I'm looking for guys that are really, you know, under 15%, maybe that, that might be available in some deeper leagues. Um, I, I definitely think Jetty Osman's somebody that I'd like to pick up uh, 13% yeah. rostered. And we talked about Corey Joseph, 11%. Uh, I'm still big on Derek Favors. He's still getting plenty of minutes, uh, you know, as a backup. So those are three guys that I would target that uh, should be widely available in most leagues. Love it. Let me throw Love one it. more name really quick. One more name. And this, it's going to sound like a hot take just because of the PTSD that we all have. Dennis oh, Smith Jr. Dennis oh. Smith Jr. DeLon Wright got hurt. Uh, he's doubtful to play next game. Uh, like we've talked about many times on this this podcast, Detroit's a really bad team. They're going to give young guys uh, a bunch of run. That's why Sadiq Bey's value has skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks. Dennis Smith Jr., uh, he played, I think it was 27 minutes uh, in the Pistons' last game on Friday night. Uh, I don't think he even scored, uh, to be honest with you. He's super inefficient, so he'll hurt you in category leagues there. But I think he had like seven assists. He was really productive on some of the peripherals. So if DeLon Wright is going to miss – uh, extended time, which it looks like he might miss a few games here and there. Dennis Smith Jr. could be a serviceable fantasy streamer uh, at only 4% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, Burns, you took my guy. He had, oh, really? He, he had three blocks and three steals in 27 yeah. minutes off the bench when Daylon Wright got hurt in that game. Yeah, he was good. All right, so we got time for one mailbag question. Burnsy. What what are you hearing from Twitter? What are they what are the what do the audience want to hear? Let's do it. Um a lot of stuff from Twitter, uh siphoning through some of the the best questions. Um picked one from a guy named Brian McCab. He's been a listener since the beginning. Uh hey. shout out to him. Uh he wrote uh today actually, Sunday morning, he actually said, with D'Angelo Russell out for the foreseeable future, does that open any opportunities? on the Timberwolves roster who are worth the pickup. So any, any guys values increasing in the aftermath of D'Angelo Russell's injury? Fellas. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one for sure. I mean, you've got, you know, before we talk about the pickups here, right? Guys like Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, probably all see an uptick in usage uh, with D'Angelo Russell off the floor. But on a team that's not going to make the playoffs, you know, struggling to win ball games. You want to look at developmental players uh, that can put up stats. And for me, that's that's Jordan McLaughlin, second-year guy at a USC. In his last uh, four games, he's averaging six assists and 1.7 steals per game. D'Angelo Russell looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks. It's probably a little bit longer than that. Uh, I can't imagine D'Angelo Russell comes back uh, on the early side of that time frame, especially if the, the Timberwolves aren't in playoff contention. So if you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about TJ McConnell being an assist and steal specialist off the bench there in Indiana. So it looks like minutes could possibly open up for Jordan McLaughlin the same way that they did for TJ McConnell. Ricky Rubio is a starter there right now, but again, he's a vet. Uh, if the Timberwolves want to see what they actually have in, in a young guy, that's going to be Jordan McLaughlin. You know, per 36 uh, average, per 36 minute averages and assists are over 10 assists per game. So, so give me Jordan McLaughlin as a, as a, proactive waiver wire ad love it all right guys check back in with us next week we'll, we'll run down everything that happens in week 10 as well as answer some of your questions from twitter this is the stretch four podcast checking out see you next time peace, peace.